Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and the reason I call myself that is because I believe it takes way more than just skills and talent to achieve your creative ambitions. You need to also master mental fortitude, because without it, you, you'll buckle at the knees. And this is my vlog where I highlight my creative journey in hopes of giving you inspiration, giving you fun anecdotes, but also takeaway, right? That's the whole purpose of this. So welcome. Now, before I get into it, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and also truly thank you if you already were. I know a lot of you uh, have been subscribing as of late, and that means the world to me. Uh, what would be also equally cool is if you commented or hit me up on social media at Phil Svitek to let me know why. You know, what what about the stuff that I'm doing appeals to you so that way I can cater more to you. That's the purpose. You know, I, I really want to deliver you quality content, and the more I kind of know what you're going for and what you want to learn, that that helps me. It really does. But anyway, uh, so the vlog. First off, I would like to say that I am back. Uh, I was in Seattle, and that was a lot of fun. Then I came back last week, uh, and I talked a little bit about that um, in my vlog. But now I'm back in the sense, back to doing episodes, right? So last week, apart from the vlog, was kind of a hiatus week for me. But now I am officially back. So, you know, you're going to get episodes and all that. And the reason I was not able to do a lot of stuff last week in terms of lessons and so forth was because I was on deadline for two uh, short films that more aptly termed were concept films. And what that means is they're films that are very short, but they convey a concept for a larger idea, for a feature film, perhaps a TV series, uh, something or other, right? And so I was working with Courtney Stewart, uh, her her partner Danielle and uh, her other friend Morgan. Uh, I've linked to their kind of information down below if you want to check out their profiles. But we, you know, uh, Courtney and Morgan had uh, both created ideas that we shot last week, and we ultimately edited, did the sound design, did the color, and and especially in the visual effects all within one week. In fact, less than a week because we needed to deliver it basically Friday night. And so that was very exciting. You know, uh, one was Courtney's ended up being four minutes, which was the maximum length we were allotted in terms of what we were able to submit. Um, this was a challenge for Film Riot that we partook in. And Morgan's was about uh, just a little under a minute and a half. And both very different. Uh, but both very, very fun and very good. Um, and, you know, I have to say, like, it, it was, it, it, it was, so let, let me first lay out the timeline, right? So Friday was our deadline, right? So you kind of work backwards from there in terms of how we calculated it out. So we knew, uh, we, we had shot Sunday. So we knew uh, that by like Tuesday at the latest, we needed to have picture lock for both. So Monday night we got together and we edited uh, both movies and 
you know, we started with um, Morgan's and uh, because that one was a little bit quicker and more straightforward and not as involved in terms of visual effects and, and other stuff. Uh, so we did that one and we got pretty close. And I said, okay, we're, we're pretty close, like, you know, uh, and, and there was a VO that needed to go with it. So I said, Let, listen, we'll adjust as necessary, but for now, you know, we're close. So think about the VO you want for this and then that, that we'll adjust it accordingly. And then we started on Courtney's. And Courtney's was a little bit more involved in terms of locations, uh, scene count, characters, and so forth. And so we started on that one. You know, one of the aspects in terms of that uh, Courtney's concept is there was also Zoom calls. So I said, as a, this is, I like to do this kind of with most things, um, especially if like uh, reality t- uh, reality sizzles and things like that. I always, or documentaries, I like to lay out the A-track as I call it. So I was like, you know, what are the, what are the, sh- what, what's the stuff that we need to tell the story? You know, what's the primary dialogue and so forth. So we picked out the takes, um, you know, from start to finish of things that um, were the primary stuff to tell the movie. And then, um, you know, once we had that, that, that actually took a little bit, um, you know, that, that was pretty much like day one, right? We, we went through it and, and kind of picked out all that stuff. Um, and we finished out about like, I don't know, almost like one o'clock. So the next day I knew, okay, the focus was going to have to be, you know, finishing this. Like, uh, we needed to get it, um, to sound color and so forth. Now I output both so that way I could send to sound, uh, color as well as, um, the, the graphics, you know, we knew we had certain shots that were able to be, um, you know, started on. And so like, at least this way I could send it to these people and they could have an idea of like, okay, this is what I'm working with. They could start to get ideas uh, of the soundscape, the color, and we can get started on the graphics. But I knew that Tuesday we had to get picture lock. Otherwise we'd be in deep, deep shit. So that, uh, so Tuesday we got together after, after work and, you know, we, we went at it and, um, you know, this was interesting because uh, Courtney and Morgan were here, but Danielle, uh, she was over Zoom. So this is my kind of, and, you know, obviously we, we live in a very digital age and things like that. But when you're on this sort of tight deadline, it's kind of interesting. Like it, it actually worked, um, but it, but it obviously like when you have, when, you, when you're just doing a Zoom share screen, when you're like essentially... Uh, frame fucking by the end, it could be a little bit more difficult because, you know, the what, what she's watching via the Zoom screen share isn't exactly real time. It's a little bit choppy. Um, but, you know, we actually got it done. And so, you know, one of the big things kind of for that was, okay, let's, and luckily, uh, you know, everyone had homework before we, we got back together. So, you know, the homework of picking the best takes, um, for the quote-unquote Zoom um, for Courtney's concept. Um, rewriting the VO to be exactly what it needed to be for, for Morgan's piece and recording it. So, you know, we got all those things done. Boom. That way, when we got together, we were able to kind of start piecing it together. And 
you know, one of the things that as we were kind of going through it, it was like, okay, well, how, how are, how are the Zoom calls going to work? And for me, you know, I was a very much big advocate of like, listen, let's just take it in steps. Like, I don't know what it's going to fully look like. Uh, but let's, let's try it. Like, let me just kind of, let me just lay it on the timeline and then we'll see where the cuts are that we need to mask. Um, and you know, whatever else. Right. But, but, but like at that point it was for me, it was too academic of an exercise to be able to discuss it. It's like, I, I don't know, it'll be much faster than us discussing if I just get to it. And within like 30 minutes, I laid it all out, you know, based on everyone's, you know, top take. And we were able to see it and kind of adjust. And, and I think to some extent, I think all of them were a, a little bit surprised pleasantly of like that it was a much smoother process. Cause like, I don't know for, for some, uh, th- there was like a big worry of like, would this work type of thing? And, you know, for me, I'm one of those like, yeah, let's just take it piece by piece. Not, not that I've ever edited you know, anything close to this. I mean, I had literally 18 video tracks, uh, just given the number of like shots and things like that, compositions all within a single frame. And so, you know, I, I would akin this to at parts like an unfriended, not, um, you know, something like that. And, you know, I've never edited something like that, but I knew if I just took it step by step that I could get there. And what we ended up doing was for the moments where there, we needed cuts, you know, to go from one take to another, we would, you know, mask it with like a, like a zoom interruption, you know, someone's screen going a little bit glitchy, something like that, you know, bad internet connection. And it worked, you know, and as I said, they were, I think a little bit pleasantly surprised. And so we got all of that together that night um, and so we were able to finish up and we also kind of talked about concrete next, next steps. Again, everyone got their marching orders. You know, one of the things that I said, you know, for visual effects, let's, let's really assign everything like a number, you know, so like VFX one, VFX two, VFX three, you know, a title for it, a time code and a quick description. So that way, you know, we were all on the same page of what we were talking about because we were talking about, you know, we were referencing some things as like the Willy Wonka shot. The, the, you know, the same shot by somebody else might be referenced as the crazy shot, the brain shot, whatever shot, right? And so it's like, let's just, let's just, you know, put, systematize this. Let's get a, give it a number, a title and so forth and, and, and time code and we can all be on the same page. And so we went to it. Now, you know, I knew, I knew color, color would work. We, we had two different colorists working on, on these, so they separately worked on them, um, and that was good. Uh, and they both worked different methodologies. One worked where they took the Apple Pro Res version of it and just edited based off of that. The other person um, took took the Premiere file and threw it into DaVinci and kind of worked with it that way. Um, not saying any one way is better or worse. Um, you know, just kind of laying it out. Um, the thing that made the DaVinci one a little bit tougher um, was I had reframed a couple of shots. So when it came back from DaVinci, I had to make sure that I then re-reframed it again. You know, like I did the first time. Sound-wise, we went with uh, Edgar, who has done my sound design for Idol, my feature film. 
Uh, I knew I could trust him. Uh, he's, he's, he's good. He's quick. Uh, he takes notes well. So um, that was always going to be a go-to for us. And then graphics-wise, we went with my friend Marissa Serafini. And, um, you know, but, but it, I did kind of... What I was worried about most was, was the graphics and visual effects because there was quite a bit of them. And, you know, it's one of those things like, okay, if we, if we got most of them done, we failed because without, one, with, without just even one, it kind of all falls apart. And so we had to really be thinking of, you know, contingency plans of like, if we don't have this shot, do we have an alternative? Um, you know, or, and also kind of how we speed this up. I, I, and I, I think the biggest thing as we were going through this process that slowed it up was the fact that I was sending stuff to, to Marissa and then she had to export and send it back to me. So at a certain point, um, on Thursday, you know, early on Thursday, I said, you know what, just send me the After Effects files. I have the assets. If I'm missing anything, just upload that and I'll render it out myself. If there's adjustments that need to be made, I'll make them. And that really became what what was a savior because we were then we could eliminate a lot of the upload download time from both ends you know me uploading to her and then her vice versa and so you know ironically like that I, I gotta say like it's great that we can all work virtually in this day and age but especially on that tight of deadline <laughs> uploading thank god the movies themselves were only four minutes because even like a file to the colorist you know, you're uploading like an eight gig file for a minute and a half film. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, so, so it's a lot, but you know, uh, it all sort of came together in the end type of thing. And one of the things I will say that, that made this all possible, that was nice. Like, I, I think it would have been very doable, um, regardless, but, but to have a team and of course I'm talking about the team you know, the colorist, the sound guy, Marissa, and, and, and so forth. But, but in this case, more specifically, the leadership aspect of, it, of, of Danielle, Courtney, and Morgan, we all, we all were like go-getters, right? Nothing, whatever we were faced with, um, we were all able to collectively pick each other up. We were all, if, if, you know, I didn't have a solution, somebody else had the solution. If they, they three didn't have a solution, I, I came up with a solution. Like, there's always somebody ready to offer up a solution and, and, uh, in a way that's, that's kind of rare for me. Um, in the sense that I'm used to just, I think perhaps like you doing a lot of this yourself. And, and in that sense, it feels like sometimes like an uphill battle, you know, but this time it really felt like, you know, even though it was late nights, there was a lot of stuff we were working on and things like that. Uh, it was actually a very smooth process. And I'm going to talk about that in a, 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 a kind of a more generic context in a little bit for sure um, as well. But yeah, it, it was really cool. Um, you know, we're going to try to do a post-mortem in terms of, you know, what we did right and what we could have done a little bit better. Um, one of the things, you know, that I kept reminding myself and them also was like, we knew this was going to be kind of a race to the finish. So 
Um, we can't really be mad at ourselves. We just have to kind of go with it. And so, you know, any, and as we have this meaning of what we could have done better, it's like this, this is all for future stuff. This is not to like beat ourselves up over anything because A, the final product we did, or, you know, in this case, two, because we didn't make two films, uh, is fantastic. And we, we just knew that, that it was always going to be, um, a lot of obstacles, you know, given the deadline, given the nature of the project. Um, but man, we, we did it. And so I'm very proud of, of the team. Um, you know, but, but, but in terms of what I would do differently, I think in the future, what I would do differently, um, I'm trying to think of other stuff, but this is the main one is I would have pre-filmed like almost like a, just, just, just a rough version, right? Just somebody in their living room type of deal, just make believe so we could edit something and have the pacing ready. And that way, when we had the actual shots, you know, we, we, we knew exactly um, what it would look like and we could plug and play, right? And of course, there'd be adjustment in terms of sound just a little bit, um, visual effects and so forth. But, but at least for the most part, we would have had the skeleton built out. I think that's what I would have done a l- differently um, moving forward. Not always possible, but, you know, even without it, like I said, we, we delivered. So, um, unfortunately, I can't share the clips themselves. Um, you know, maybe in the future, uh, the time will come. Um, I think if all goes well, uh, sadly, that time will be a little bit. Like, is, isn't that ironic? Like, if all things go well, then unfortunately, you get delayed in seeing it because then it goes into the next stage of what would hopefully be development and so forth. But... Yeah, patience is the virtue, and, and um, you know, I promise you, they're they're great movies, and and the the, the wait will be worth it. Um, and something so, something I wanted to clarify from last week, um, you know, I was talking about if you listen to that blog, I was talking about you know sometimes as artists, um, you know, we can we can meet a deadline, but other things kind of have to take a back seat. And really what this comes down to is maintenance task first growth tasks. And, you know, in essence, maintenance tasks are your everyday, you know, uh, eating, sleeping, um, you know, uh, just like showering, brushing your teeth, that type of stuff. Like just stuff you have to do every single day. Walk, you know, walk the dogs for me, feed the dogs, blah, blah, blah. But growth tasks are stuff that uh, that grow you as an artist, you know, that can be reading stuff, that be making stuff like we did, you know, I mean, last week was all about, it was a growth task, right? Creating two films that weren't there. And I think this is an important distinction because, you know, a lot of times we talk about, oh, we all have 24 hours in the day. And it's like, well, yes, we have 24 hours in the day, but are most of us able to spend it on growth tasks or maintenance tasks? You know, if there's someone out like, you know, someone who works multiple jobs just to kind of get by, well, in some sense, you could categorize that as a maintenance task because you have to earn that money in order to survive. And so you're not really, you know, put, being a lot of the same hours towards your growth tasks, like let's say a Beyonce currently, you know, currently Beyonce could pretty much work on her growth tasks um, the majority of the time. Um, there's a wonderful episode about this notion that I'll link to down below that I've talked about in the way, way past when I first like began teaching, you know, with this series. Um, so I encourage you to kind of check out, um, it's actually a two part series. So I'm going to link to that 
so you can check out more information about maintenance tasks and growth tasks. But I just want to state that and clarify that um, in case you know you listened to last week's and, and also to pique your curiosity just in general so you can kind of check that out because I think it's worthwhile knowing. Um, the other stuff creatively from last week, my friend uh, did a virtual table read last night. And uh, it was actually a lot of fun. It was, it was for a feature film that he aims to do next summer. And it was actually kind of cool to see. Um, <laughs> that sounds like so terrible in the way that I say it. It was kind of cool to see. No, it really, and, and it was in the sense like he did it in a different way than I expected. You know, I expected like a regular Zoom call where all of a, you know, you'd be in gallery view and there'd be like hundreds of people because he invited quite a few um, but instead they did it like a webinar and, you know, in that sense you had, you know, whatever actors were supposed to be in a scene, you saw them and reading the lines and then when they weren't, they weren't on screen and so forth. And it kind of kept changing that way. And it was very well done in that sense. I, I, I thought that was a great way to do it. It's not the way, and I, and I say that because I have a, a table read and I'm going to talk about mine in a moment, but I have a table read coming up and I'm not going to. Um, do it that way. I'm going to do it kind of more gallery style, you know, and I, I, but I think for him, it made sense because he also invited other people to really watch and observe and so forth. For me, um, everyone partaking in, in the zoom call itself is going to have a role. You know, they're not actors. The whole idea for me is to, to get story beats for him. It was to showcase the story to have it heard out loud and so forth and kind of move towards the next steps. And yeah, I have to say kudos to the actors, you know, in particular, like they really brought it, they nailed it. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's one thing to even do a table read at an actual table. It's a whole different thing to do it virtually. And the fact that they created moments when you're watching this thing and you really feel the emotion behind the characters because there's, you know, it's a story that does get deep in a lot of places. It's like, man, really kudos to them. And uh, so um, can't say enough good things. And um, it'll be interesting to see this grow. Uh, this is a project that has been near and dear to this person for a number of years at this point. They've done a couple of rewrites. And the fact that it's moving forward now, uh, you know, I, I, called, I called my friend afterwards and I, and I said, bravo. And, you know, we talked about the idea of like, you know, they're aiming to film next year, uh, next summer, but it's like, who knows? And I said, you know what, listen, you don't know, but you can, you control what you can control. And regardless, like just by going through the steps to at least prepare as much as you can, thinking that, that you're going to be filming next summer, then that's work it's not all going to go to waste. You know, if for some reason you can't film next summer, well then, you know, you have shot list, you have, you have the script, um, you potentially have the actor still, um, barring like uh, scheduling future conflicts and whatever else you have the cinematographer again, same thing. But, um, but at least like you have, you, you have the majority of what you would need to still make that movie. And so, um, that's exciting for him. I'm, I'm excited. Um, and he asked me, like, hey, you know, would you want to be a part of it? I said, listen, as of now, yeah, you know, I have no idea what the hell next summer is going to bring. But um, but as of now, yeah, you know, like I, I will 
And that, that's the thing, you know, I always help to the extent that I can. I always try to be very honest. Um, and the honest truth is, yeah, like as of now, I can totally help because nobody knows what the hell's down the feet, you know, down the pike, so to speak. So, um, you know, looking forward to that. Speaking of um, my table read or scripts in general, so, uh, you know, just to kind of a brief recap, I had done a first pass of, of the full script for a movie I'm calling In Search of Sunrise, and, and I've been co-writing it. Um, you know, I came up with this, the overall idea and the major story beats, but then I got my friend Jason Squamata on board. We fleshed out the outline. Based off the outline, I took it fully and did the first pass of the script, you know, from start to finish. Then last week, what was great, right? So even though I'm working on, you know, two concept films, he's now taking a stab at a revision of my first draft. And so he's going through it and, you know, adjusting and so forth. And we kind of talked about, you know, he read it and, and he gave me some of his notes. And I said, you know what? I, I, I see where your head's at. I love the notes and I actually agree with the notes. You know, I was kind of thinking it already in my head. So we're, it's kismet. Go for it. Go as crazy as you want. And, you know, I have this, the, the prior version saved. So if for some reason you go a little bit too far, we can always bring it back. He sent it to me. Um, he, he basically finished up like Saturday night. And so, you know, Sunday morning, I'm reading this thing and, and whatever else. And, and man, it's, it's really good. Like, you know, the, the, the stuff that he brought to the table really elevated what was there. Like he, t- he punched up some dialogue and, you know, there was like five, six, maybe more major scenes that, that, um, that he kind of like took a, a, a pass at, like, you know, did some major stuff, but, but even the minor stuff of just dialogue and things like that, man, he, he, you know, he really brought the characters to life. Um, and, and those, it's those tiny adjustments that, that add up to a lot. And man, he, he, he really elevated what, what I had managed to write the first round. So it was really cool. And, uh, you know, for me, it felt like a new story again, right? So I'm reading this thing and it's like, oh, wow. Even though I had written, um, you know, a lot of it, um, but it's, it's kind of having that separation is like, wow, this, this, this is my work. You know, I, I helped create this. Um, and so it was really cool. And, you know, now in that sense, you know, what I said to him, I, um, like I I read it and what I did, all I did was change up grammar stuff. Like there was a couple of, um, you know, spelling and things like that, which is to be expected. Um, I didn't, you know, it's not like I was putting an emphasis on that on my, you know, a lot of it was from me. Some of it was from Jason, but it's not like, oh, you made a mistake. No, it's like we we were writing them, you know, we were focusing on the story and, and the words, the spelling we can fix. So I punched that up and um, I adjusted the ending a little bit because in, in rereading what he had, it gave me a kind of better connection to, okay, this is how the ending should be just a little bit. And so I kind of let him know. And I really do believe like, is this the ending? I don't know. But, you know, as I said to him, like the ending's probably the thing, be the thing that we rewrite a hundred times. And if nothing else, just for the sheer fact of like just seeing it from all different angles to see what fits best. That way we know we've truly explored all options. And when I say the ending, I'm talking like literally the last two pages at most, um, just because they have to hit, a, you know, a certain tone and part and, and whatever else. Um, and he, he agreed on. Um, but I said, listen, I think right now we're good. 
you know, table reads coming up on Thursday. So rather than us like tinker, uh, let's, let's get feedback. You know, my table read is not necessarily actors. Some actors are going to be involved, but it's mostly for the purposes of story. So I'm not having anyone read it in advance. I want to do a cold read. So no one's read this thing. All reactions are in the moment. And so in that sense, that'll really highlight what dialogue's working, what dialogue's not, and, you know, reveal at the end, uh, we're going to do a Q&A and that'll kind of give us a better assessment of where we are. So that way we can then move forward. And, you know, he was totally on board. And so this is kind of what we're going to be doing. Now, the exciting part is, like, even as is, um, I think, obviously, there's going to be changes needed to be made, just in general, right? Because there's stuff that we don't see currently, even without the table read. The table read just helps the process. But it's, it's, it's a, it's, I still believe, even with the changes that would have to make no matter what, it is a very strong script. And I, I say that because an opportunity came my way um, where I could be where I could submit this towards the American film market. You know, someone's looking to represent some stuff and um, they, they saw Idol and so forth. And so um, they were like, you know, you got sort of anything else. And you know, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I, 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 this things are aligning greatly. So, you know, even though it's not like the final, final version, it's a very strong version. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to submit it to this person and they're going to take a look at it to see if they want to represent it in the American film market. And, you know, I don't know too much about the American film market, but it, cause I've never attended it, but it is exactly kind of what it sounds like in the sense that it is, it takes place in America this time. You, it takes place in Las Vegas. This time it's going to be virtual. And, you know, it's, it, it's a film market. And, you know, people buy movies, like completed movies, people buy movies in development, people buy scripts, whatever else. And so it's kind of like, whatever you sort of need, you try to broker a deal. In my case, you know, what I need is financing and, you know, ideally someone, you know, like a producer to really help make this movie for me. And ultimately, though, it's really, you know, the finance, right? Uh, So... You know, who knows? I have no idea how this is going to go. This is this is just a shot. But it's like, you know, the Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So why not? You know, um, if nothing else, someone someone could see this and be like, oh, this is a cool script, you know, um, then might not be this project, but maybe a future project that, because they'll remember, you know, this and whatever else. So we'll see what happens of that. But I'm, I'm excited and I'm going to take that shot. You know, and so part of it is in order to have it, yes, the script is, is, is in essence ready. It's not like even based off the table read that's going to happen this Thursday that I would be able to address the notes that come. Like if they're minor here and there of like, you know, delete this line of dialogue, sure, or here's a grammar mistake, sure. But anything like structurally big, I don't think I'm going to be able to adjust for the deadline. And that's fine. That's not, um, like I said, the script is strong enough, but but I have to kind of get materials ready. So like character bios, you know, synopsis, artistic statement, what I'm looking for. So that's kind of script-wise, and I'm using script-wise and quotes, what I'm even working on this week. Um, and, you know, who knows? Nothing may come of this. The person may not even want to represent it, but um, but why not, right? It is The cool part is, as I look at it, right, you know, as I talked about Jeff, 
me writing character bios, me writing a synopsis, me writing uh, my artistic intent, all of this stuff is recyclable for the future. You know, I'm going to need this eventually down the line anyway, so why not just, you know, I'm being not forced, that's not the right word, but I'll just go with it to, to make that right now, so let's do it, you know? And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of uh, the, the really cool part. Um, now, as far as anything, like what's kind of really interesting is that things, things are kind of hitting well for me. And that feels very strange to say, especially in 2020. But what's also kind of very kismet, call it coincidental, is a lot of good things are also happening for my friends separately, right? And that's really cool. And, um, and, I, and I said, one of the things that I was talking with my friend Daryl Kristen about is this idea that like, well, it's not like all of a sudden it's just like luck, right? It's the fact that like we've been at this for a number of years and we've been going uphill and like this is the culmination of years of hard work day in and day out doing this. And, you know, because one of my friends, you know, Daryl was saying he felt guilty about, you know, other people because they, they tried on X, Y, and Z. And I said, listen, I, I get that. And that does suck. But I said, listen, I'm not interested in someone try, trying. I'm interested, can you try, fail, and still keep going? Because the things that are happening for the various people in my life, the good things, they're people who have tried. And, and when I say failed, like just not you know, not been able to, you know, through gatekeepers or whatever other means, uh, you know, it hasn't come to fruition, but they kept going, you know, they're like, okay, this opportunity is a no go. I'm going to, I'm going to try this opportunity. Okay. No, but boom, boom, boom. Right. And so I said to him like, that's, that's really what it is about. And so the, the people that he was mentioning, I I knew like, okay, they, they just, thought they could try once and that was the end all be all and what if it didn't work out and it's like well it was me well I tried it's like no but it's it's about can you tr- can you try fail and keep going right and that's the mental fortitude aspect that that I always like very very that's inherent in everything that I preach it's it's not enough to just try once like this anyone will tell you in this business like listen to any interview with with anyone who's found success in this business, like, yeah, it's a, it's a fucking grind and you got to keep going. And so I don't know what, I don't know why the timing is as it is where everything now is, is hitting all at the same time, but it is seemingly, that's not to say it's going to be, you know, easy street from now on, but in some sense it, it does, like for me, the thing that feels weird is when you're climbing, you know, uphill for so long, that now you're sort of looking at downhill in some sense, like it's like, oh, things are a little bit easier. Um, it's like finding a, a good way to embrace that and not sabotage yourself of like, oh, this is too easy. Of like, no, if an opportunity comes and someone wants to help you, like let's say with the American film market and 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 so forth, it's like, okay, well, why shouldn't I embrace that? And why should that feel weird, right? You know, for so long, as I mentioned kind of at the top when I was talking about you know, with, with, um, Courtney and Morgan's film, I'm used to a lot of times, probably like you just doing things on my own, you know, and, and having people that were, uh, in their own right, like on, on that sort of mental wavelength, but also skill wise in different areas and, you know, resourceful, bring stuff to the table. 
Look at yeah, it made it a lot easier. And so, you know what I what what in a weird way I have to get really good at now is the ability to just embrace that. And no, like it's not always going to be easy 100% of the time. There's going to be an uphill again. But right now it seems like things are going downhill and to not sabotage myself. Um, and, you know, maybe you felt like that in your life. Like it's a, it's a very interesting feeling. But if you haven't yet, you know, if for some reason it still feels like very much an uphill battle, you know, just just know that just keep going. Just keep going and... You know, things do pay off. Um, I mean, there's I, the amount of the amount of examples I can pull for you, probably from people you admire. You know, how many times they have to like just nose to the grindstone, nose to the grindstone, keep at it every single day. Um, so just keep going, keep going. Um, the last kind of two things. Um, one I thought was a really cool thing. Uh, so many of my friends love Mandalorian and, you know, it's a great series. Don't get me wrong. And especially with, you know, season two coming out, I think it's all great. The hype is wonderful. But what I was sort of late to the party for, um, and maybe it's because my friends didn't know, but I have, you know, I say that I have a lot of filmmaker friends. And so I thought like this would be the thing that we'd be talking about, uh, that, that Mandalorian created virtual sets. So basically... They had, uh, they, they, they have kind of a whole backdrop of LED screens. So instead of using green screen, they're using virtual sets. So, you know, the things are projected on, on, the, on the green screen. And boom, they're able to have camera shots and, and they could change the lighting and so forth. Like, I'll link to it down below so you can kind of really see this in action. But man, like, the reason I'm talking about this is because if you're a filmmaker, what a, what a game changer this is. And the fact that now... You can, what you see is what you get. You, no more green spill on an actor. No more having to composite stuff. Like, you, you still got to build the environment. So why not build it ahead of time instead? And then you can light it better. You can see what you get. The actors acting better because they're not acting just against green stuff everywhere. They're seeing everything. And you can, as, a, as a cinematographer, you can compose the shot. As a director, you don't have to keep 800 things in your mind. Like, it's truly amazing. So the you know if if you can click the link down below or just look up Mandalorian virtual sets like it's truly fantastic, um, and I can't wait for this to be more prevalent in filmmaking. It's it's really amazing. Um, the last thing I'll leave on is just kind of a quick side thing. Um, I've been uh, through this platform called Emerge, which is Emerson College's kind of like social network. Um, I've had some some uh, current students reach out to me for kind of guidance and mentorship and so forth, and it's actually kind of cool, you know, getting to getting to really interact with you know eighteen to twenty two year olds and kind of where they're at, and especially like you know students that are living through COVID and COVID learning. Um, so it's inter- it, it, it's 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 both interesting and inspiring, um, and I hope to kind of have more. Uh, insights because as always you know that that cliche of like I learn as much from them as they learn from me so um, so that's been a lot of fun anyway that's kind of what I've got Uh, as I said I'm back so you can look forward to to lessons throughout the entire week and weeks to come 
Um, and if nothing else, I'll leave you on the idea that go vote. If there's anything you have questions on, by all means, ask away. If there's things that you want me to talk about in future episodes, comment down below or hit me up on social media at Phil Speedtech. I appreciate you. I hope to see you next time.